Brian. Yo. Hello. Oh, ye of little faith. But you're thinking he was never going to be ready. <laughs> never going to do it. We all good. Oh, yeah. Good Mike, play. I think he's. Oh, there you go. I thought he's frozen for Billy. <laughs> end of a end of a busy busy week. You know, I'm, just, I'm so glad it's Friday. Mm, mm. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, yeah. I think Everyone I'm, else all good? I think I'm. I'm. I think I'm more in the camp of I can't believe we're at Friday already. This week has just gone so bloody quick. Yeah, we've. Um, I've got. There's a guy at work that I've been working with. Uh, well, that must be a past twenty-one years, and um, he pulled me into the little side room the other day. He said, oh, "I've got something to tell you." I said, "All right." He said, "Yeah." He said, "Yeah, I'm leaving. I've, um, I've, I've resigned, and he's moving over back to Ireland, um, where a lot of his family came from initially, and all that sort of stuff." So it's been a bit of a lead up to that, really, and him going, and uh, yeah, a bit of a bit of a tough week when you've got to try and say goodbye to someone that you've known for mm, for like twenty that. years. No, it's only Ireland. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not, not not a million miles away, but when you see someone every day, so then, so then that. So yeah, it's been it's been a funny old week, but I'm glad Friday's come round nonetheless. Uh, one because obviously we're all here and we're having our chats as per usual, which is all good. Um, but two, it means that I'm got to drag my ass out of bed stupid vlog tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> Unless the kids wake you up, otherwise. Yeah, yeah, I've got this. I've got this Jedi mastery art in pretending that I'm I'm asleep. Even when I'm awake, <laughs> so I mastered it. Well, it's a week ago today. I was going into a hotel after spending the day at Fort Park and couldn't get on the podcast. So that's mental quick for me. It is, isn't like it? Crazy it quick. So there we go. And say so this time last week, me and Mr. Marden were walking around listening to a rave going off somewhere. <laughs> up at the woods. Yeah. We was there was there was properly banging, wasn't it? it was a decent decent backdrop, mate. To what we was doing. Yeah. So, so yeah, but. But again, you know, that, that was a week ago. Can you believe that? That's been a week. That's that's outrageous. Yeah, and that's the scary thing. Next time, you know, next thing you know, it's like it's, you know, Christmas is probably upon us, isn't it? I'm going to depress everybody, but yeah. So anyway, there you well, go, I was then. here last week. I, I ran the episode. Mike hasn't left yet. He's been there. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, this week we are in V. To lockdown as well, lockdown. Yeah. So, so hopefully uh, everyone's going to be joining us for a, uh, a few drinks uh, and, and a, a bit of chit chat for the next hour. Can't believe that. Well, I can believe it, but there we go. I think someone Event. explains a lot of it down to fuck nuggetry. Um, leads to to where we are today. I think it's probably the best bit. It's, you know, I think everyone's nugget- got their own. Yeah, people got their own opinions on it, aren't they? But I think if you know, fuck nuggetry, shit housery. And douchebaggery. There you go. The, the three key contributors to lockdown version two. <laughs> and the old Latin verb, clusters, fuckers. Clusters, fuckers. Actually known by his, uh, he's got a family member, which is biggest dickus. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I suppose you better talk air soft. Well, the, other, the other news as well is obviously that if anyone's listening back to this on the podcast, um, which I'll run through the list of those that they can listen back to in a little bit, but uh, you might, we might have found out the results of the US election at that point as well. Oh, mate. That's unlikely. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be next Friday, yeah, we'll still be sat here. <laughs> Where are we so, at now? 
two things. Oh, it never changes, does it? Uh, I don't know yeah, I'm not going to go into the internet of it, but uh, without too going too much of it, like, I think by about one o'clock this morning, you'll um, you'll probably know the result. Um, I've been sort of having it on in the background, working from home, and uh, yeah, it, it's all looking uh, very very pro Democrat. If 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 that's you know your, your forte, but yeah, it, it looks like Trump Trump's a goner in this case. I'm yeah. surprised. I'm still waiting for the phone call, but you know, no one's phoned me up to come <laughs> and do it. There you go, mate. There you go. Obviously, uh, obviously, the American public aren't tuned into what we're doing on a Friday night yet. Oh, exactly. actually, we've I'm got some viewers. To go over to the we've, White got, House and, uh... we've got people listening to us in the states. We've uh, uh, for anyone listening, we've got people in Singapore, uh, America, and the UK. They're mostly in the UK, to be fair. Um, yeah. Nice. Well, so anyway, let's start. Let's start the episode. Um, yeah, Christ, come on. Rather raise yeah, go now. Hi everyone on the chat, <laughs> Wayne and Lee. <laughs> uh, just a reminder that you... November Foxtrot, uh, November underscore Foxtrot underscore Nofo. Uh, you can search us on Facebook and YouTube at November Foxtrot, and you can also drop us an email at nofochat at hotmail dot com. So. Pew Pew News. I've, I've, with the new brand, by the way, which is the first news item, I thought I've named the segment for the news as Pew Pew's News, um, which Pew I haven't Pew's run past the other guys, news. so we'll find out how that goes. <laughs> Just for clarity, is that, that Pew, P-E-W? Yeah, Pew Pew. <laughs> yeah, not Pew yeah, Pew. Yeah. Pew Bonnie not, not Pew Pew. <laughs> yeah, not, <laughs> not Poo Poo, not Pew Poo, or whatever, yeah. Anyway. Ah, oh, right, we've got a new brand. That's exciting. Um, moving over to that. Um, it's just above Paul in the top left-hand corner is his uh, right-hand corner of his screen. Um, so, obviously, exciting new exciting new badge. Uh, we'll be looking at doing some patches at some point. Um, oh, Dom's in Spain. Dom's just popped up and says that he also listens to it in Spain. Hi, Dom. G'day, Dom. Um, so, yeah, we've got a new brand. That's exciting. Um, if anybody finds any of the old branding anywhere, please let me know and I'll, I'll rush to change it. <laughs> Um, I want to say thank you to Josie Sindon, um, who is my brother's fiance, uh, for sorting that out for us. Uh, Josie, there's a little gift on its way for you at some point when I send it. Um, is it the old? Is it the old logo? No, <laughs> it's a gift for you. It's the old logo. It's all. It's is all it, the merch with the old logo on it. Is it a ration pack? <laughs> well, it could be a ration pack. That's not a bad idea. She'd probably quite That's like fun. that, to be fair. So. Um, uh, in other news as well, I'll just follow on while I'm still talking. Uh, Royal British Legion, obviously there's the poppy appeal at the moment. Um, I'm not suggesting everyone needs to go out and donate. I'm, you know, It's not that sort of podcast. But obviously, um, I personally, I was trying to donate every year. Um, and obviously, I haven't really seen a lot of the, uh, the kind of pop-up stalls about. Um, so I actually went to the website, which you can donate on, which is uh, www.britishlegion.org.uk. So if you haven't donated and you want to... Um, Please feel free to go there. There's also other things that you can do. I know there's like a white poppy movement and stuff like that. Each their own, but you know, just go. It's out funny you should say that because uh, we we was out and about having on a usual drive around that we do, um, and there's this shop that we stop off of and usually pick up a couple of treats for the kids um, as we're going round. And there was this old fella standing in the in the forecourt of this shop, um, and he'd been there a while. And I sort of said, "How's it going, mate?" And he, he said, "Oh." It's amazing, he said, a lot of people aren't carrying cash. So he's standing there trying to sell the poppies, but because of the current situation that we're in, people aren't carrying pound notes or coins around with them anymore. So he said for him it was particularly dry. So, um, you know, I, I had all the kids. Uh, bear in mind, I've got a small army myself. So by the time you 
put enough money in to get a couple of wristbands, one of the little metal poppies or whatever, I'd, you know, I made sure I sort of chucked 10, 15 quid his way, but I just kind of felt sorry for him because he's standing out there, you know, mm. um, and he, he, he's, he, they don't ask for anything. Um, uh, yeah, and they're such dear, sweet people, uh, but people through this current situation just haven't got the coins. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, saying that website being available. Uh, <coughs> Sorry, guys, my you, connection dropped out, then I missed that bit about the Legion. Oh, that's right. We're just saying the um, Royal British Legion poppy appeal. Um, there's obviously not a lot of sort of pop-up stands as they usually are um, because of COVID and sort of people staying at home. So yeah. you can donate online at www.britishlegion.org.uk. Make sure you do. Yep, I'll do exactly the same. So any other news? Anybody got anything exciting they want to share? New purchases no, or anything? I've got no more babies on the way. Mike, Mike, did he stay away from you last week? We, we, yes, we, Mike. we you, Any you news, what, Mike? What, what, whilst, <laughs> what, whilst we uh, no, wasn't in our uh, V2 lockdown last week, I was social distancing for Paul for me. Only, so so, so I, I am, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased, yeah. pleased to say... I'd rather get COVID than spend yeah. that close <laughs> to Paul. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to say oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not with Paul's child. <laughs> As Mike dips a gherkin in a bucket of cream. And... <laughs> right. I, 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 wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say news per se. I mean, like I say, I think obviously, you know, as we know, me and Paul was, was well documented as being absent last week. But, you know, a really, really useful um, few hours um, out, you know, on, under pitch black conditions, um, you know, testing some of the night kit, you know, that we've sort of collated over the last sort of six to 12 months and uh, just, you know, putting it through its paces. We sort of understood what was working, what wasn't, um, what we needed to tweak, what what we didn't. So, so yeah, really, really valuable. And I'm sure, you know, we'll get on to, you know, conversations about, you know, sort of working effectively at some point. But, but yeah, really, really valuable couple of hours. You know, there's always a camaraderie in the chit chat, which comes with it. But, you know, equally, it was a shakedown for the kit. Let's, let's not beat around the bush. And, and yeah, it, it was a really, really good night. Um, news in regards to any purchases, you know what? It's been one of the weeks when I've really not purchased anything. I think the only thing I've had, um, and I know Paul's had similar, just had some um, what's called LaRue um, cable management clips, um, which just you know you put put all on on your on your weapons, your riffs, um, and it just tightens up and and you know just secures all of all of the wires, so things aren't dangling, things aren't in the way. So that's the only thing that I've been been tweaking and, and doing this week. Um, yeah, that, that's me probably. So for me, um, I've got my M4 underneath the bed. Mrs H doesn't know that yet, but I've literally just grabbed it out of the loft to put those clips on tomorrow uh, or later on while I'm watching a bit of telly. Um, Until she stubs her toe on the butt of it. Yeah, exactly that. You know it. Yeah, they're not not soft, are they? Um, Purchase-wise, so just some um, amendments really being done to the plate carrier. So what I did find the other night when I was... uh, walking through the woods with uh, Mr. Marden is that I was, I was carrying quite a lot up front uh, and it was quite restrictive in when I wanted to shoulder my gun, use the night vision, use the thermal, just got a little bit bulky. So going from carrying six megs up front um, and a lot of other to, to um, moving over to just a three up front. Um, but then I've got a couple of single five, five, six pouches that I've now added onto the battle belt. So I can drop some photographs of that that I've done on the, on the Facebook channel perhaps just so people can see a little before and after on that. Um, but cut, I think I figured it out, just over a kilo of weight off of uh, the plate carrier and the battle belt, which which nice. was all good. 
Uh, and then the other bit, which um, I'm really looking forward to this evening, I've been in chats with uh, a guy on on Instagram who's deci- uh, designing me a, uh, a a chess rig setup um, for the MP7. So he's mm. sort of looked at some of his work. Funnily enough, it's the same guy that I believe designed the Rocket Pockets or that, that made the Rocket Pockets for the uh, the Bergen-style kit that I'm going to show you tonight. Um, got in touch with him, explained what I wanted, said I've got this gun, and, and you know, but I just want something really light and low profile so I can sling it on when we're going around door kicking a meal semi for it long more or just on a light patrol recon. But equally, I want to be able to strap it on the front of the, the recon plate carrier as well. Um, if we want to just really travel light with guns. Yeah, exactly that. So he's designing that for me. Um, that comes with the outer admin pouch. Uh, it's got a dangler on it as well that you can leave on or take off. It'll have a elasticated comms on the left-hand side. It'll have a TRMR or a, just a standard smoke elasticated pouch on the right. And then the inserts for either MP7 or three 5.56 mag pouches up front. So that will go straight onto the Warrior Pathfinder chest rig or clip onto the onto the plate carrier. So hopefully, um, you know, sure, I should have that within a couple of weeks. But I'm, I'm really cool. looking forward to that because I've just felt that that's been a missing bit of kit since we've made the purchase from from Camarades there for the the MP7s. Cool. Other well, than that, when you get it, been good. Bring on. <laughs> Let's have a look. Yeah, absolutely. I, I said to the fellow, I'd. Uh, I'll bring it on and we'll, and we'll have a look. So it's not too dissimilar. It's a bit of a mix between the um, Haley Strategic. Um, uh, what's the other the other one? Oh, I can't remember the bloody name of it now. Anyway, it'll come to me. Uh, the Spiritus, I think it is. It's a bit of a cross between Yeah, between all of those. But you're basically just dropping a little sort of drawing on a bit of paper, which I'm very bad at drawing. So God knows what's going to turn up. Um, and then he just does it all for you. Yeah, exactly. That it's all in crayon. Um, <laughs> crayon, uh, and you can eat uh, them afterwards. Brilliant. Exactly that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, the purple crayons do taste of of Ribena. Um, I thought so, yeah, you were going to so say will... they taste of purple. <laughs> I'll, um, I will bring it. I'll bring it on, and I'll uh, I'll show you when it comes through. But hopefully, that'll all come together quite nicely. And um, yeah, you know, maybe at some point I'll I'll hook up with him, and he can come and have a chat. Cool. cool. Uh, Dale has just popped on the chat and says uh, it's funny how we do that, fight to purchase everything, forgetting weight we add it all, we use a few times, moan and then we must work to reduce he's tried that but fell over more times than he ever figured so weight is my balance exactly, so I don't it's, it's, it's the airsoft dilemma isn't it you first start and you buy everything and I mean literally you buy everything and then you see that there's other kit out there that's a little bit better and you try that and then you just start going through photographs. I went through some photos and, you know, just looked at Mike's setup on Friday. Um, you know, I've looked at some other guys' setup and I'm thinking, right, well, I've got these six mags up front. How often do I really use those? There's two empty mags that I'm just taking around with nothing in it. How often do I use that? It's just, yeah, it's a lot of chaff, you know. And I was carrying around a medium warrior dump pouch, uh, utility pouch on the belt. How often do I use that? I don't. You know, speed loaders, mill sims, quite often speed loaders are frowned upon, so off come that pouch. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just cutting it down, you know, and I've got it all in a box up in the loft, so if I if I decide that I really did need it after a while, then I can I can start to rebuild it. But Yeah, chop and change, mate, that's what's a good thing about exactly it. Exactly that. Cool, right. 
Any new stuff, Lance? Let's do it. Briefly? A uh, couple of bits, mate. Like we spoke about our cold weather kit, uh, kit the other week. Uh, MTP very thin balaclava. Very, very thin balaclava. So I picked up one of them off of eBay for private seller, who I think he actually makes them. And I must say, trying it on, I haven't worn it out and about yet, but it's a wonderful little bit of kit. And <laughs> I wore it down the shop the other day. Me anyhow. But again, the, like the, I said, the news agent shit there, <laughs> I've got the big thick finsulate one, but that's just like little ball of your hand. It's tiny little. So I got that. A um, new poncho, MTP poncho, to chuck on over the top of my plate carrier. If I've got all my rig and everything on, I can just chuck that one over the top. And a Sawyer Mini water filter for my preppy sort of stuff, which I do on the side, away from airsoft and that. But it's uh, there's my nice. Sawyer Mini. Will filter 100,000 gallons of water of uh, dirty water to clean, purify drinking water. There we go. There's my three little nice. purchases. Cool. Yes. I, I am... like to see the uh, the hole in the the multicam stockings that someone's cut up to make that balaclava. <laughs> the gusset. <laughs> yeah, someone's going to put their put their legs in, and it's going to be a big bit missing. <laughs> I am. Um, I just. I. I. Uh, I brought some snow camouflage. Um, because I saw it on Russ Camo on eBay, the guy who does some of the ghillie suits and stuff in the sort of the AR, AR01 pattern. And um, I was like, I've got to have some snow camo. So now I've got some snow camo. Don't know when I'm going to use it, but I own snow camo. So that, that arrived this week. That was exciting. So, nice. Just got to pray for snow then, yeah? Cool. Yeah, that's the plan. Didn't Either that, I'll just walk around like a ghost. Um, I did actually receive something else, Lance. I received a package from yourself. Um which uh, was addressed to Captain Condom. Um, <laughs> which, on its own, is funny. Uh, however, I'm having my kitchen replaced at the moment. So I wasn't home to receive this parcel, and instead one of my kitchen fitters picked the parcel off the postman. And then I had to have a very awkward conversation with my postman uh, about why I was called Captain Condom and who was sending me things and what was in the parcel. Um, so, yeah... <laughs> I didn't. That didn't even enter my mind when I sent it. I just thought I just yeah. assumed you'd get it. <coughs> so that was fun. <laughs> it's, awesome. it's a new uh, uh, Desert DPM U-back. So thanks, Lance. Well, I know it's not totally related to this, but I'd, uh, way back in the day, so the, the thing that first got me into playing airsoft was the group of mates that I used to play online with on the PlayStation Three back then on Modern Warfare Two and. Uh, Modern Warfare 3 came out, uh, and a mate of mine pre-ordered it, got it delivered, then managed to pick up another copy. And rather than take it back, he sold sold it to a, another lad that we know that lives up in Blackpool. And uh, he said, yeah, I'll buy it off you, I'll buy it off you. He said, can you wrap it up and send it up there? Yeah, no, no worries, no worries. And he, said, he sent it up there, and bless him, the guy, Mark, that sold the disc to this other lad that lives in uh, in Blackpool, essentially cut off a lot of the hairs from his nether regions into the PS3 game box. <laughs> so when he opened it up, this beard just flocked out all over his lap. Just hope he didn't have crabs of game. Mm, yummy. <laughs> to which I should imagine that this fella just blew it off um, and, and, and just stuck the disc in and carried on playing. But yeah, it, yeah, such fun. Well, on that note... <laughs> um, bombshell. Yeah, if anybody wants any of the links to anything uh, that we've just spoken about, um, what we can do is post them on Facebook and Instagram. Um, guys, if you want to share any photos oh. of fancy purchases on your own Instagram as well, feel free. Um, I've got then... one more. Sorry, sorry, I forgot. I've got new patches on my lid. I don't know if you can see that. 
Oh, nice. Or is it? It's the pirate skull and crossbones with the MVG and the skid lid on the top. It's a nice helmet. Yeah. Why is that yeah. about you? So Where's pick them up from, from mate? From a, from a site called Alienus. I will get a link for it, and I'll again I'll pop it in our chat or on our um on Facebook, so you guys can get there and uh, get some loads of kit on there, loads of bits and bobs, cool T-shirts, uh, loads of different patches that he does, and a uh, really prompt delivery. Actually, I ordered them just about a week ago. I'm not nice. sure if they're like handmade or handmade or made to order, but um yeah, well happy with them. So a couple of them on each side, or well, one of them each side of the helmet. So yeah, cool. treat for me. Like everything else. <laughs> <laughs> treats, 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 treats. <laughs> it's like Homer when he's skipping through that sort of village full of candy and donuts. <laughs> oh dear, right, can't get silly. Yeah, bags, bags, all things bags. bags. Do you want to kick off, Lance? What bags do you use? Uh, right, okay, bags. Blah, blah, blah. Show, Let's go. Show us your bags. Um, so, nine times out of ten, um, well, again, it's, it's all event dependent, isn't it? Really, it depends if you're going sort of we're going to an, like an urban setup, like obviously Legion to Longmore UTC or something like that, or Catterick or whether it is the whether it's a British MOD training ground. Nine times out of ten, you're going to be in sort of hard cover for the night, so you're not necessarily going to need a, a whacking great Bergen. But I mean, that's my standard bag. That's what I always use: is a short back British Army Bergen. I mean, uh, this one's been tailored, so you wouldn't have this pouch on the top here or these three utility pouches on the bottom. It'd just be blank with a central pouch in the middle. But um, lucky enough, my brother-in-law kindly gave me this when he demobbed from the uh, PWRR, so very grateful for that. And um, he'd had these bits tailored on there for him. So um, I keep my shelter system in there. Um, obviously, you can additional rations or water bottles, any bits and bobs you want to get to quickly in there. And that comes with the rocket pouches on either side. Uh, Waterproofs in the top of the lid. There's a zip pocket in the very top and a zip pocket on the inside of the lid, so you can keep uh, waterproofs or anything. Again, you need to get to quickly, but that's my go-to, and that's a short back because um, the long backs they're a bit of a pain in the ass. And if you run a belt kit or webbing or anything like that, the long back it sits too low, and it just squashes. It wants to push your belt down, your webbing down. So my webbing set, which is just here on my left, um, when I've got the Bergen on, my webbing just sits nice and flush just underneath it, so it's just a nice tight fit. And that's my go-to sort of bag. And obviously with my compression sacks and all that to go into, but I'll, um, I'll go around Robin and I'll come on to compression sacks in a minute. But that's my, predominantly, that's my go-to bag for all my kit and all my gear. And then I've got my patrol pack, which is the uh, mother load, camelback mother load, which will actually go inside that flat, fold flat and go in the bottom of this Bergen. And when I get to my fob or my harbour area, I'll take all my patrol kit out of that and then load this bag up and that'll go and be on my, and that'll stay at the harbour area or the fob. All the time. Just a quick one. Um, obviously, Longmore, you, yes. you, you rock up nine times out of ten. Well, I think every time, actually, I've been there. You drive down to where you're staying. You either offload and park away or you park mm. up, and that's where you are. Is that similar to a lot of the other MOD sites that you've been to? Do you temp, gen, tend to generally drive to where you're staying and offload and then park up off? Or do you use, is there nine other ones that you have to park up and tab in? I mean, I'd, I mean, I'd love to do an event where you actually just you go with the gear on your back, so you don't go in with like your, your your gun bag or your gun cases and all that. You actually load up in a certain area, and you'll actually patrol into the AO, and then you'd set up a harbour area, and you'd have all your, and, and and have it that way. We'd you'd actually create a harbour area, or or you or you patrol to a fob, and the gear you've got on you is what you'd fight with. You wouldn't be able to take like pelly cases and stuff like that in. But nine times out of ten, logistically, sometimes it's not achievable because they need to get people into certain positions before they start the event. So like, a majority of the time, you'll be able to. Ferry kit to 
your main FOB or your patrol base or wherever it is you're going to be and then sort of go out from there. So sometimes a Bergen isn't really essential because a lot of the time you'll be able to take kits from your car and sort of load it into your into your billet or wherever it is you're going to be staying for that weekend. But I mean, I mean, I like it because I, I can take that and be set up for a weekend and sort of go either either. So I can take it from a car into a building or if we have to tab into wherever it's going, again, I'm set up for it. So, But I think a lot of the MOD sites, you actually go to your area get yourself squared away and then you sort of fan out from there really mate to be honest with you yeah. so again so a lot of some people were the longmore one anyway they rock up and they've, they've essentially got the big god knows how many litre black oh you know, deployment like bags big, yeah, big, I've got a couple of them myself yeah and, and the boxes as well you know like the box on the big yeah, old tall box type things on wheels and all that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, not yeah. the pellies it's almost similar to ones that you can pick up at big yeah I know a couple of guys a few people David and Mike use them actually didn't they yeah, we do. So me and my brother, um, we invested in a couple, oh, what, about five years ago uh, to go to National Airsoft Festival because um, you can get them from B&Q. I think they're about 30 quid each, something like that, and they're water resistant. Um, so they do have a bit of like a foam seal on top of them. Um, but it means that when we set our, uh, our tent up, we can literally just bring the crates in and we've got everything. We can just unload the crates. Everything's nice and stackable. It makes it a lot easier. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, mm. they are, I, I, I actually really rate having a crate. I think it's a really useful thing if you can if you can take a crate with you to an event. Because um, you or literally carry barrel. it in, you've got everything out, or your barrel, yeah. Um, <laughs> like um, the Octoate event uh, that we went to, um, what, a couple of months ago. Between lockdowns, um, yeah, NAE, always take those to them. Um so yeah, no, they're they're really useful. Um but if any yeah, any sort of uh <laughs> event similar to like the, the APOC meal sim, um where you've got to, you know, walk maybe twenty, thirty minutes to get to your fob, it's all up a hill, etc. It's um yeah, you just take a back for that. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. How about you, Mike? What do you use? Uh, well, as in, in true project manager style, I pre- prepared a slide. So I suppose that I've just got a selection of bags that pretty much are, are my go-to um, for whether it be a skirmish on a Sunday to a battle sim to a mill sim, really. Um, a little bit of a brand haul. Um, they're all by Warrior Assault Systems. Um, very, you know, sort of, for, for me, sort of middle-of-the-road pricing, but fantastic quality, really. Um, so a few bits that are coming up there, and obviously excuse the dodgy picture on, on one of the carpets in our room. So what you're looking at there is is the X300 um, 60 litre capacity um, rucksack, which you know for me gets pretty much everything that I need in uh, in that piece of kit. Uh, I used to have a, a, a Wispel or a White Sport, if that's how you're pronouncing it, 85 litre. Um, carrier, but to be fair, with 85 litres, I, I loaded it with 85 litres and I couldn't fucking walk. Um, so, I, you know, literally, I was like, you know what? Uh, you know, we've already alluded to this. I think Dale said it, you know, that again, we go out and buy everything. And my goodness, I was turning up to Mill Sims literally with everything, you know, and, and that was just on my back. And then I had stuff to carry. And, and I just thought, you know what? If, if I've got 85 litres, I'm using it. So, you know what? Let's downsize a little bit. Um, so, I've settled at 60 litres, still pack it absolutely full. Um, but again, Again, you know, using you know the, the dry sacks etc i can then just attach um you know sort of a roll mats etc on the outside but still you know maintain integrity and the dryness of them so that that is me you know when i'm lugging all in the gear 
um, to to the FOB, you know, moving around it, then everything goes into there. Um, I don't really want to get hung up too much on, on the plate carrier. That, that's not what we're talking about today, but I've just got two and three on there. So two is just a drop-down dangler, um, fanny pack, bum bag, whatever you want to call it. Just a ridiculously handy little piece of, a little pouch on the front, you know, for your real real essential go-tos, whether at night you've got some um, chem lights in there and, and lance. Thanks to the IR chem lights, they worked perfectly last week. Yeah, really, really, really good. Really, really super strength. Um, but yeah, that, that the pack just for the essentials, you know, at night, they're accessible, they're in front. Um, and equally, the dangler actually serves a good purpose of sort of, you know, covering the lower part of your, you know, your abdomen, um, you know, stopping you getting sort of twatted in the bottom of uh, your stomach, which you can do without. Then on the back, you've got the, again, warrior sort of systems, similar theme. It's the helmet cargo pack, but it's the smaller one, the 12-litre 12, 12 capacity one. And that, for me, you know, if, if I'm out on patrol for quite some time, um, with everything I've, I also have got on the plate carrier, that, that should do me. Um, you know, whether it's got some some fluids in there, some sugary goods, um, you know, excess um, excess piece of kit. But importantly, what I can fit in that 12 litre capacity um, helmet cargo pack is I can put my, my tag launcher in there. So that's a really, really big thing to have access to a tag launcher, taking the enemy out from a distance and, and the particular tag launcher I've got. You can either use it just as a tag or you can actually set it up as a gun, which is a little bit bigger. And again, the good news is that the cargo pack will fit that. So I think that's why I probably moved up to the helmet cargo pack as opposed to what you're seeing as numbers four and five on the on the, the one pager, which is just a standard um, cargo pack. Now, why have I got two of them? Well, that's probably just being, um, being a little bit anal and OCD. So one of them, number four, is pure, pure mole. Um, so again, if I want to go for a lighter, lighter pack on my RPC, um, then it will be number four that just rolls straight onto the RPC. Or if I don't even want to go out um, wearing the RPC, it's go on a bit of a recce, but I still need something to take, then I've got the shouldered um, cargo pack as well. Um, all work really, really well for me, to be fair, and for me. From, from the events I've been playing in the last four to five years, that pretty much boxes off all of the different scenarios that, that works for me. Um, I think the only other thing, just to caveat there, is, you know, throughout the course of the weeks we've been talking about this, one of my big hang-ups is about weight, that I don't want to carry anything more than necessary. Um, and I think, you know, everything I've got there does exactly what I need for, for my personal preference. Nice, mate. That's cool. That's very similar to a bag I've got. <clears throat> it's um, in OD Green, uh, year two, number four and five there. I've got a little Condor, I think it's like a 17, 20 litre pack. Yep. And it's a, a molly back, so I can molly it straight onto my plate carrier. Or it comes with a H harness as well that you can molly onto the pack. So you can wear it like a, so you can have it as a free pack to shoulder it. Or you can take them, the harness off and then molly it on as well. So it's, you've got the best of both worlds. But I use it as my sort of day-to-day -day bag now for like, sort of like a get-home bag sort of thing for work. And I've, I've got all sorts of bits and bobs I keep in there all the time. So it goes everywhere with me, my little man bag. <laughs> yeah, stuff. Do you find, um, do you guys find having like a sort of a, a backpack on your rig is helpful? Because I um, I used to run sort of a, 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 a I think it was like, like a 20 litre little sort of bag on the back of my plate carrier, um, which was great. You know, it was really useful, but I found that it was more often than not just kind of catching on stuff. And I had a lot of stuff. I used to add and put stuff into it because I had that bag. Mm. 
I think for, for me, and, and I can only answer for myself, so the cargo packs from Warrior and the helmet cargo pack currently on the RPC um, don't have that much depth to them. Um, and again, that, that's one of my big things. Whilst you know, on, on my RPC is labelled as a helmet cargo pack, I don't run a helmet because that would just you know give it your pregnancy bump effectively. And like you're saying, you're just getting to start get caught on things. And I think for me, how my evolution of airsoft kit has been, I started off with the Warrior DCS, which is a fantastic um, plate carrier, but actually it was fairly bulky. And, and again, that again for me, I'm then moved over to the RPC, which was a lot more streamlined. But actually, I think the other thing about what people sometimes overlook, and it's probably touching on your point, Mike, is the, the recon plate carrier by, by Warrior, which I've got, actually got just a couple of little buttons is you know a couple of clips on on the side clip them off and you get that off and you can get access to the backpack very quickly or like i think me and paul were working to last friday is actually you know what what you know we support each other by paul will be able to go into my rucksack and get something out just for that quick quick and you know quick accessible piece as well as actually if he needs to use some of the kit he can use it you know as a, as a bit of a backup so i think you know yeah you're right you know again for me it's about weight not putting too much around me or on the back or on the front but actually you know it, it's so depth and keeps the essentials only i mean for me i i, I choose not to run a a molly plate uh day sack or patrol pack on my on my pc um i'll run obviously i've got my mother load there which i run as a patrol pack um with shoulder straps purely so i can ditch it but also if we're doing any vehicle borne work uh especially at Longmore for example yeah. um, obviously getting in getting in our vehicle with a bag on which is mollied is a ball lake when you've got a plate carrier on so I mean I've got my rig set up that I can use just only this without my webbing set so they're hence I mean these two these are warrior assault systems ammo pouches on the front but they stay empty all the time unless I'm doing a quick in and out or like a QRF in a vehicle then I'll whack four mags in there and one in the gun so I'll have five on me with just the two pouches on the front there um, but nine times out of ten, they'll just be empty, so I can go prone because all my other stuff stays in my webbing, all my ammo, and that stays in my webbing. But for a, a pack, again, I can take that off, chuck it on the floor, I can just ditch it straight away if I want to. I can run my comms off of my bag then as well. This doesn't stay on there nine times out of ten. If I'm running my assault, my patrol pack, I'll run all my comms out of my bag now, and just have a fist mic or a or a tack phone rather than a headset. So again, I'll put this on my rig if I'm running my head if I'm running my uh, lid. Then I'll um, I'll run my comms out of that, but then if I'm not, I can just ditch that, and then that's that whole side's completely empty. So it's a very very thin uh, setup, apart from the dangler, and that stays on there, and my tourniquet, and that um, that's about it. But yeah, uh, Molly's on the back wise for, for me personally. I, I prefer to be able to just ditch my bag uh, if you get into a contact, or you need to get something out yourself, and you are on your Jack Jones, then you can just whip it off quickly, get in your bag put it back on or, or whatever you need to do but again it's all personal preference isn't it? and if you're if you're in a buddy system then obviously you can have one mollied up but i sort of tend to like to rely on myself a little bit more when i'm out in the field just to be able to get to my own kit you know not having someone sort of relying on them oh can you just get that out for me or get that out put that back and have they done your bag up because i used to get prone about can you just get that out of my bag for me and not be quite sure if they've zipped it up properly or anything like that or do you know what i mean i'll be sort of paranoid then like running about thinking have they done that bag up i'll just be sort of like looking about trying to do you know what I mean? Get to the zips and that, but for me, yeah, I'd, I'd run a, uh, I'd run a loose pack, just a, a normal backpack, rather than mollying it to my rig. So. Oh, nice. Lots of bags. Oh, so my bag, then. 
Um, yeah, to me, to you, to me. No, there's no to you anymore, is there? To me, to me, to me. Too soon. Right, okie doke. So, <laughs> very similar to Mike. So, I've, um, so, first of all, when I first started out, I had this, this proper old bashed about fishing bag that did the trick, to be fair, when it got me to Longmore, but he wouldn't want to carry it that far because it was, yeah, proper digging in. So, um, <clears throat> I was always after the X300. Um, but obviously, anyone out there knows that I think the X300 carries a two and a half hundred quid price tag um, if you buy it outside of the sale on, uh, uh, you know, from from someone like UK Tackle or wherever you know you're picking it up from. So um, I was very fortunate one evening to be flicking through the Facebook Marketplace for um, for Warrior Gear and stumbled across someone that was selling, uh, I think for a hundred quid, um, a a hardly used OD Green X300 which is basically I'll take that this here so that's mine so this one essentially it's a 65 litre kit bag I think there or 60 litre kit bag um, and then it's got two 20 litre Rockets on the side, um, which basically, I mean, this one's got all my sleep gear in it, um, and then this side I've got my cooking equipment and maybe food in there. Um, it's got the zip up bottom that then puts the whole waterproof bag in over the top so you can keep the kit dry. Uh, this one's when I've got it has been, um, there's a the, the helmet sort of carrying strap fitted with it. Um, but I think it's just a great, great little bit of kit, and it's super comfy. I don't know, I mean, Mike, you saw us probably a bit more than me, but um, I just think it's a great, comfortable bit of kit. Uh, you can access it from the top or from the front. So if you want to lay it down, um, you can you can get into it from the front end, um, or you, you know, if you want to go traditional way in through the top, you can go in through the top. But it's just got plenty of little pockets, loads of little clips, still a bit of molly on the outside if you want to add some gear in there as well. Um, but as I say, you know, at two and a half hundred, I probably would have still been searching for one because um, that's a lot to chuck out in a bag. And I know, you know, you get what you pay for, but uh, at the time I was only doing sort of probably two mil sims most a year. So you, you have to look at something and think, is it is it worth the spend as we do with a lot of things? But to stumble across that on a on a Saturday night whilst watching a bit of telly and I think within about two minutes I'd bought it, Within about three minutes, I was jumping up and down with a message to Mike telling him that I was now the proud owner of, a, of one of the X300 bags. So, so yeah, really keen to get out and give it a try. Um, was that with half a bottle of Jack Daniels in your hand jumping around the living room? <laughs> well, only with the lid on, let me tell you. <laughs> well, there'd be no spillage from that. Um, let me just stick the headphones in again. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm really, really super impressed with it. Um, uh, and exactly the same really I don't want to overload it with too much gear um, uh, uh, but there is just stacks of room so I've done you know I've had the, the sleeping bag with all the rest of my kit inside I've had it inside in a stuff sack I've had it inside using the method that you taught me about Lance which is to put it inside your um, you know your, your, your sack and you spin it round and round and round to get all the air out and sort of sucking that in the bottom that's it, mate. Um, I've done it in you know it's been packed in that method at the minute. It's got shitloads of gear. It's got a change of clothing. It's got a para smock. It's got all sorts in there, and there's still room, and it wants more. Um, 
but obviously, you know. Don't be lured into it. It's cool. Exactly that. Pack more. Yeah, I don't need to really. I mean, amount of gear I took last time and fucking didn't even touch half of it, you know. Um, but but yeah, so I'm really pleased with that. Uh, the other bit of kit that I run, so very similar um, to Mike's, I've got the the recon plate carrier. So I started off with a Raptor, um, the Warrior Raptor, um, but after a while, found that was a little bit bulky, more so around sort of these, ran ran sort of just your sides and under your arms. So ditched that, got the recon. Uh, and then on the recon I've run, I've got the fixed um, cargo pack on that. But to be fair, I never really carried a great deal in it. So the only thing that I did have in there, you know, might be a couple of smokes if anyone behind me on my team needs to get in and grab a couple of smokes. Or there might be a tin, small tin of green. <laughs> yeah, let me cigars. Was that a little uh, tin of cafe cremes in the back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Oh, mate, old school, like your style. Mm. Uh, cafe, cafe creme and a blue ribbon. But yeah, and I, mm. I mean, I'd have the I'd have the little little cans of um, the, the you know the green gas or something like that in there, or a couple of drinks. But uh, when we went up on Friday, um, slung over the top of that, um, I did try going with a. I mean, this one it was just one that I picked up off of eBay um, for like twenty quid or whatever, just a green green little rucksack. Um, so I had my plate carrier, all the rest of the gear stacked up. Uh, all my skull cap and nods and all that on, and then a, a rucksack over the top as well, which I could drop if I wanted to, which worked. But I think where I had the other bag on the back still, it, it was really cutting in in, in here mm. um, to the point that I woke up the next day and it, you know, it actually had given me a bit of grief the following day. Um, so you know, I can lose that cargo pack and use that as a loose pack if I wanted to, uh, and then. When we purchased the the multicam gear on the expectation we was going to do a battle sim at um, Longmore, uh, dropped yeah. one or two well, dropped one or two pounds again to our good friends over at UK Tactical and bought <laughs> another another plate carrier and some other bits and pieces. But I also bought the twenty three liter Pegasus rucksack, um, and I'll tell you what that thing is a Tardis. You think you're not going to get much in it? Um, yeah, you know, and and that that fits all sorts. I've had BBs, I've had the my thermal in the bag that it was delivered in. So the thermal's a it's a, a chunky old scope that goes in the bag. You know, I've had I've had my eye pro, I've had everything you know packed up in that thing, and it's it's still mm-hmm. a comfy lift. Um, so for twenty three liters, I know in the grand scheme of things, if you think of a hundred and ten liter Bergen or a hundred liter Bergen. 23 litres sounds like square root of jack shit and you're not going to get anything in there. But you can actually, if you pack smart and, and travel smart, you can Definitely. fit everything you need in it. Um, so that would work for I me I think as 23 well, litres would, would be a minimum, really. I mean, I've got a 17-litre Virtus assault pack and uh, I'll be honest with you, I mean, I've tried sorting it out and packing it and I've added a molly pouch here and there on it and, I mean, it's a new bit of kit, well, it's the Virtus system stuff. Um, and... Uh, it's, it's, it's been described literally as a radio pack and essentially that's all I can put it down to is that is literally for holding a uh, a real steel military radio Yeah. because there's no way you'd be able to operate out of that the size yeah, of the so pack there's no way you could operate out of that for 24 hours or 12 hours 12 hours at a push but if you've got to carry wet kit as well there's no way you're going to get all your wet kit as well as a bit of a few rations any extra ammo or anything or a comm set in there there's no chance no obviously. I think for me if I was to if I was to be out for any length of time then probably rockets off 60 litre x300 but have it 
you know, packed light. Mm. Uh, even if there's space in there, as long as you can. Um... You can pack as much or as little as you want in there because it's got the retention straps on each side. If you've, if you've packed it quite loose, you whack up them in retention straps and tie them mm. off and it, and, it, and, it, and it pulls the pack in. Whereas if you need yeah. it, you the extra room, obviously it's there if you need it as well. So And, and the cool. X300's got similar to that. But if I'm going out for three, four, five hours or whatever it is that could potentially go into six or seven, then mm. that 23 litre bag will be more than enough for a bit of juice, a couple of snacks... You know, you, you, you're not. You, you can carry X amount of BBs on you, but then that's your lot—a blue ribbon, um, and then just another layer to chuck over the top. Um, it's not a sponsor yet. No, I will get it. <laughs> We're working on it. It's the year's not over yet, mate. All right. <laughs> so, um, what about what about you, Mike? In regards to ah, right, the, yeah. So, I've, um, I've learned a lot about my bags. Don't take that a joke from from Lance. Um, so I won't cover like There's the no main version because uh, I usually use like a, a DPM long back or an MTP short back because uh, my I don't really have a lot of sort of DPM belt gear. Um, but what I'm gonna just talk about quickly are these three. So I run this as my sort of general Ooh. day bag. Um, they're about thirty quid um, on well most websites. To be fair, if you just have a search around, they come in sort of twenty or thirty six liters. Um, they can, you know, you can either get them with Molly or laser cut. Um, this one comes with like the Velcro bit on the top as well. Um, but I find that's got, you know, just enough for me to kind of carry the main stuff that I need. I've just realised I'm hiding behind the branding. Two seconds. Um, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, so that's that, that was just a sort of quick one on the day bag. Um, well, the two other ones I wanted to discuss is uh, use a GSR gas uh, yep. gas mask pouch uh, every once in a while as well. So. I usually have this with like my mess kit. Um, so for like Longmore uh, with the UTC, where I do take my stuff in like a pelly case, um, I usually have all my mess kit in one of these because it makes it nice and easy just to get out and you can just carry it outside. Um, the other benefit of these is these little side pouches because um, obviously you can just detach those and they fold up to about half height. Um, so I've actually bought from ebay for like 30 quid managed to find quite a good deal on that um i've taken off the side pouches and i've got a few of those mounted on the back of my plate carrier so because they fold uh, almost what, flat mate, quickly hmm? those sorry mate those side pouches there just quickly mate sorry to interrupt you is they'll hold the um talis or the harris uh, is it c152 com set you know the long green one yeah they'll hold their, them side pouches mm. literally they will help hold that radio perfectly snug so if you're not running like uh, commas back to zero all the time if you've got one of them mounted on your plate carrier i.e like on, on, on this side here in place of that it will literally fold down to half the size of that because of the long velcro on the front so when you're not using that sort of comm set you can literally tuck it away and it's out of sight out of mind but if you do have to use it if you're running team comms then one of those pouches is absolutely perfect because also the lid it sort of goes in the touch so you've got room for your um for your yep. relocation cable for your antenna or a solid antenna can come straight out the side of it. Really, really good little pouch that. They're adjustable as oh, well. So sorry, they, carry on. It does up, that's right. It does up all the way from that length down to halfway of the height. So it's a really good little adjustable pouch. Um, so that's quite a good bag. Um, the only other one I use is a sort of general ammo grab bag. Um, so again, if I'm sort of going somewhere where I've just sort of, Say we need to carry a few little bits of team kit or like a medical kit or something like that with us. Sometimes I bung it into one of those. Um, I don't generally tend to use that as much, just like the day sack. 
um, just because that's easier, just sling it on your back and stuff. Um, mm. But yeah, so. I think the thing really that, that comes to light with me is, and it's like a lot of things, <clears throat> you know, if you if you look around, we, we tend to invest in kit, um, you know, that based on something that's proven or, you know, we know that it's hard wearing because it's either, you know, been, been used by our, our armed forces or whatever it may be, or it may be kit that's, um, you know, from, from companies like, like we say, the UK Tacticals, the Warriors of the World, so on and so forth. Um, but I think the biggest eye-opener with me with that X300 rucksack is that you don't necessarily have to jump in two feet and go and spend that that big buck to get it brand new off the shelf because there's some absolutely immense bargains to be had if you're looking in the right place um, on some of this kit because, you know, people are just like us. They go out and they buy loads and realise that they don't need it or actually, you know, they're not going to do Milsims anymore. They've used it once. Bought the bought the expensive gear, used it at once, and then want to flog it on. And if you're there ready with the with the cash in your pocket, there's some real bargains to mm-hmm. be had. Mm-hmm. And that's with that's with that. I mean, Definitely that X three hundred for what I paid. I'm so happy with that bit of kit because I know it's going to last. You know, um, uh, and it's got so much on it that you can fanny around with. And I've picked it up really for a steal compared to you know what I could have ever got on it on a like a Black Friday or a you know one of their Warrior Ten deals or whatever. Um, so yeah, proper chuff with that. Bit of leg from Paul, like it, work it. You gotta be done, mate, innit? You gotta be done. You don't want to see what's on the next. There, little tease. Was it the leg? That's the question. <laughs> oh, I do look right. forward to these Fridays. Let's let's head to the questions because there's been a few that have come in on the chat. Uh, Wayne yeah, cool. says, I run a British Army 60-litre engineer's Bergen. Uh, massive space mm. inside. and have the side pouches or zip them up to save space and a full panel of molly. Is it gen- genuine question here? Is it molly or mole? Or... I-, I actually don't know. I've always called it molly. I've always called it molly. I prefer the I've French version, which is moulet. Uh, <laughs> I knew that was coming because it's like shemag and shemar. Shemar. <laughs> That's right, we're all my, sh- my show Interesting on that comment though, because <laughs> I genuinely didn't know that there was different types of Bergen. So I just thought that they had a Bergen and, and it's that big bastard thing that we we make people carry up and over the over the hills on, on selection with bricks in it. That's the only mm. type of Bergen that I, I ever knew existed. So to have, you know, that post up saying well you know the sixty litre engineers one. So uh, to me, that's oh shit. They so said it's more than one. Oh, yeah, so what's get, the difference um, between? Yeah, oh, mate, yeah. There's medical burgers. Well. There's, mm. there's all sorts of like different bags, and they've, they've got slightly different roles depending on what you're carrying in them. Um, got, so um, also, there's a ra- there's a radio operator's bergen, which is obviously the front of it's pre- uh, predominantly mesh, because obviously to let the heat escape from your comm set. Um, so is it the like, the, ra- the, like the first aid one or whatever? They'd just be different pouch sections within. Yeah, um, on the side it, of the well, it tends to be Bergen, Velcro. Yeah, you'd have Velcro, but the rocket pouches are normally they're more of a utility pouch. So rather than it being a big one big bag, you'd have a, a zip-on admin sort of panel which would go on the side, and it'll have a multiple amount of different pouches and pockets for your, you know what I mean, for your for your for your IV lines and all that sort of your trauma kits and burns kits and stuff like that all to go in it all and all be designated in little areas. Shit. On a medic pack. Live and learn. Blimey, I've, yeah. I've learned something. I mean, something you, you can buy. It. I mean. If you've got one of these Bergens, Paul, you can buy the Zip-On. I mean, Caramore SF do a lot of add-ons for the Bergen, which is the same zip, uh, uh, same zip setup, and uh, and obviously the small um, 
FMA clips at the top. I'm not sure if they're FMA clips or not. But um, And they'll come with, like, you could have, like, a, a panel, which in, in place of the rocket pouch, you'd have a, a three M4 mag pouches and then the utility pouch at the top or the other way mm. around or, or, or six mag pouches. And you can just zip it onto the side of your burger and rather than having the rocket pouch if you so wanted to. So they're quite modular, really. Proper versatile, then. Mm, yeah, 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 definitely, mate, yeah. Uh, next question, Edward Donald. Serious question. Not trying to belittle anyone's gear, but do you really find carrying all this equipment in airsoft gives you an advantage? I personally wear a ghillie and no webbing, just a holster. My mags are in a stock pouch. I don't wear anything because I need to keep low. I'm often laying on my front and back, and even a pouch on my hip would limit my mobility. I do notice players don't like going prone at all. I mean, so, is he predominantly a sniper? And the next question would be, is that from the sounds of it and I don't want to uh, obviously um, I'm not taking the piss at all when I'm saying this but a sniper at a skirmish day or a sniper at a, a Milsim event where he'd potentially be out on the ground for sort of six hours in a recon role because um, I'd sort of expect him if I was his TL to be carrying a little bit more than just a few mags in a pouch and obviously his main riff laying prone you know I mean if you're on a Milsim you'd, you'd have to have some sort of some form of hydration uh, on it, or he'd have to have some sort of grab bag with him that you can just sort of ditch again, camouflaged up if he was a sniper. But, um, I do, uh, yeah. I do see the advantage sometimes, as you say. So, if you look at skirmish aside, um, you know, you do see the people that are kitted up to the nines, you know. And I've gone out there sometimes, I've just had a hoodie, uh, and I usually carry my battle belt because it's got bits and pieces on that to use. But then you see people out there absolutely smashing the field with. Just like an old jumper and a pair of trousers and the mags in their pockets, didn't you? <laughs> you know, but on a yeah. the reason for me for that big bag, one I needed one. Um, two, you know, I'd, I'd seen Mike's and we'd had some conversations on that, and I knew it was a good bag. Three, it come up for the right price. Um, but you know, that the nine times out of ten, the games that we play, you're going to be taking that to a base. If it's Longmore, you're in a house or wherever, and that bag I'll be living out of for thirty six hours. I won't be tabbing with yeah. that bag all over the shop. The I think one that's that I the main point, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, I will be tabbing with that 20, 26 litre Pegasus bag, you know, or whatever it may be. But travel light, absolutely. If you can get away with it, you know, um, speed of sure, execution. Totally absolutely. I mean, little as you can, per- but. I'll be very concerned, though, if. Um, if- if what the gentleman's name was, I, don't, I forget his name now. Uh, but, Edward, um, he's actually come back with a second point. He said uh, he does both skirmish and milsim. Uh, milsim, he tends to carry a camel pack and a small radio. So but he's I got think, his hydration I think, covered there then. Yeah, I think part of this might come down to whether you're having to move fob or if you're. Yeah, yeah I mean, obviously, I, I mean, if you're get, if you're at an event where if your if your harbour area for such gets bumped, um, and you've got a bug out, then you'd have to you'd have to sort of break out your break down your sleep system stuff it in your burger and, and that's the way that I pack my burger and the way I pack it is that if worst comes to the worst once I finish cooking that everything goes back gets put away nothing gets left out it's all put away um, and my bag's packed in a, in a way that I can grab a grab a bivy bag with my DOS bag inside it like a show pool whip it up into a frenzy stuff it in my bag grab my basher tear it down chuck it in the top of the bag zip the bag up and go um, uh, very minimal amounts of my kit are left out. I mean, obviously, if you're in a if you're carrying out an event where your 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 fob might get hit, but you haven't got a bug out from that area, then that's fine. You know what I mean? You just stand there and you'll stand and fight. But if you have to relocate to a new location, then obviously you'll have to pack accordingly and be prepared to sort of like break your camp, bag it up, and go as quick as you can, really. But I, I mean, suppose I as well, yeah, the, you can travel light. There is right. that element of that role that he, you know it might be within the milsim 
but he may be expected to to almost be escorted out to an area as the sniper, move up in, into a forward position by himself. And then, you know, he'll literally lay on his ass there, just hydrating and, and observing and whatever else that might come with it. Expending minimal energy, but obviously exactly keeping that. wits about him. And then later on, be almost resupplied or, you know, resupported again by by his team later on that then might bring or, a bag out for him or whatever it might be, you know. Or, we, or like you say, or whether he's on a, if he's in a, if he's in a forward LUP, um, whether he's then on a, on a, like a two-hour rotation with a couple of other dudes sort of thing, if there's a three-man mm -hmm. recon team going out, He's at the forward LUP. You've got a couple of guys 100 or so metres back in the secondary LUP or his bug-out position um, who would then rotate him in. So if he goes out there for a couple of hours, he needs minimal amount in him for that. Hydration, something to keep himself warm, maybe, perhaps, depending on the climate, of course, or the, or, or the time of year it is. And then, obviously, he can rotate back in, get some hot scoff down him and a, a hot bevy and then sort of get back out there. So it all depends. It's all situation-dependent, um, really, I think. And weather as well, I'm sure. If, the if, you're going, if you're going to go and kick a door in for an hour, you're not going to need a big assault pack and or, or a big patrol pack on you for that if you're just going out for 45 minutes to an hour. But then, obviously, situations change and you could be stuck out there for three hours with what you intended to take for 45 minutes. You know, you don't know, do you? This is, this is the sort of gamble you take, I suppose, with them, with what kit you take on a, on a specific task, I suppose. Six-pack of blue ribbon. <laughs> Six-pack of blue ribbon. And all, you can throw it at them, you can eat them, you can throw it at people. If they're frozen, and again, yeah, it's a, a multi-tool in a chocolate bar. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Right. Uh, this question actually came in by uh, a chap called uh, Ian Brower. Uh, I'm just going to turn the branding off so I can load up his photo. Uh, he messaged me earlier in the week. Uh, he had a couple of questions. So this is Ian. Say hi, everyone, to Ian. Uh, oh, Ian's one of our podcast listeners uh, from the Netherlands. Um, he has oh, a team of about 20 people. Uh, I actually have a photo of the team. That's obviously not all 20 of them. Um, the lads. <laughs> Mike needs to um, work on his counting. <laughs> Ian's, Ian's relatively new, um, but he was wondering, um, basically, how can they improve? You know, how can they be a better team? Um, and subsequently, what teams do we see in our area? And what's the difference that we see between teams? Um, so, what do you guys think? So, so I suppose I, I attempted to have a stab at that question today. Um, you know, and, and like Lance said, it's a very, very broad question. But I suppose that from from my perspective, as someone who operates within a team, um, I think there's a few bits. I think a that there's having an established hierarchy. Um, you know, and you know, within the teams that we both, you know, fraternise and, and, and play with, that, you know, you always need some sort of hierarchy, you know, a team leader. You know, a team leader is not the person that's barking orders at you. The team leader is the person that takes that holistic view of the team, looks at his team, understands what their strengths are, where the individuals sit within that particular team and tries to assign that individual to the task which plays to their strength. So I think, you know, you know, and, and you know, if I was to take my professional career i am a, a leader um but actually when i go into my my soft you, you know the team I, i'm not a leader and I, i'm happy with that you know i'm happy to follow the the guidance and expertise of someone that takes that holistic view and actually has a little bit of you know sort of field knowledge you know and, and stuff that I, I don't so you know that that works for me um how do we get better? Um, again, I think this is a bit of a subjective and sometimes a bit of a, a t taboo um, answer. But, you know, for me, it's practice. 
um, you know, skirmish days. A lot of people turn their nose up at skirmish days. And, you know, being, I just try to remain agnostic about a skirmish day to say that's my opportunity to hone my craft, um, whether I'm doing a shakedown for a new riff or, you know, you know, work going in silo with, with my team member to sort of understand how we work, then it makes sense. I, I, what I do want to do is to disenfranchise practice away from drills. You know, I do not take myself seriously. I'm not out doing drills. You know, like, that's not for me. It may work for some, but it doesn't work for me. But equally, you know, myself and Paul, you know, we, we take time out fairly regularly to go to a shooting range, for instance, and, and make sure everything's optimised, make sure everything's dialed in and working correctly ahead of an event. You know, last Friday, we spent two to three hours walking, you know, a set of woods at a local site, you know, testing the night vision kit, testing the guns, making sure the IR beacons are succinct, testing our comms, and our comms didn't work. So brilliant. We know what we now need to fix. So I think it's just practice, refine, practice, refine. And, you know, working within a team, you, you naturally need to respect having some form of hierarchy, whether you want you yourself want to be the leader, taking that holistic view, or whether you feel that you are, in a word, a soldier, you know, that you are a soldier there to soldier up and, and to take steer from those above you, you know, and I think it's, the, it's just that, that that for me is practice and framework hopefully makes you, you know, sort of work more effectively as a team and you yourself as an individual understand where you're where you can add value and benefit and equally your team leader who uh, take the top down view understands where Marden should be fitting within that team because we will play to his benefits and, and values as much as he wants to contribute. But that, that, that's my opinion. I think for me, it's the same as any sport, really. I, I, you know, I, I know some people don't really like an air. The more you play with the people that you're playing with, um, you know, you kind of, you go, oh yeah, let's do that tactic that we did that time because that worked really well. Um, mm. And it's, you know, it, it's just playing together. You get, you kind of learn more capabilities of what your team's doing. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, Lance, I mean, Lance is my team leader. So uh, generally just follow what he tells me to do. I was I was team leader once and I got everyone killed. So uh, sorry, Mark Kettles. Quick shout out to him. Um, and the rest of the punishment boys. In fact, actually, you guys were there as well. You at the skirmish. Yeah, mm. thanks for that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Good one, Mike. My gun jammed, so I had to go back and get a new rifle. And by the time we got back, everyone's dead. You had one fucking job, Kyle. For fuck's sake, one fucking job. Well, but I think um, I think it's that, isn't it, Mike? You, you know, that, that, you know, have a degree of fucking humility. You know, Lance, you know, clearly has a skill set for leadership. You know, whether whether that comes from his professional life or you know from from some of the bits not, that he's listening not to. You, you know, Lance, the other one. But, but but equally, yeah, sorry, yeah. you know, Lance, Lance seems to Lance seems to enjoy that, you know, and and that's good for Lance and clearly good for your team, you know. And I think you know, as someone coming in, you know, we all have egos, we all get heated, you know, we all have testosterone out on the field. But sometimes it's just a case of being a little bit fucking, you know, adopting your, your humility, you know, listening to the guys that are trying to tell you and give you advice. You know, they're not doing it because they they're narcissistic. They're doing it because you know they have a genuine intent of wanting to take that leadership role and. And, and support you to support the team. So I think, yeah, it's a really, mm. really important thing that, you know, yeah, it's that old cliche, isn't it? There's, there's no I in team, you know, and, and it's exactly that. For sure. I mean, Mike, you said there at the beginning uh, with um, Ed, Edward's question, um, is, was it what we're doing wrong or, or is there things that we're doing wrong? 
if you could bring his question back up again. I wanted to touch uh, on yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Uh, two secs. Oh, it's a long way away. Uh, there you go. So, not trying to belittle anyone's gear, but do you really find carrying all this equipment in airsoft gives you an advantage? Oh no, sorry, not Edward. The, the guy, the guy from the Netherlands. Sorry. Oh yeah, I haven't got do that question on screen. He said, uh, "It's just want, they just want to know how they improve and how to be better as a team, um, and then what right, teams okay. we see in that area and the differences between those teams." With how he gets better as a team, I mean, I mean, time. It, uh, <clears throat> oh Christ, there's a gambit that is, but I mean, you'll have to um, you'd have to sit down together if you can at some point, whether you've got a WhatsApp group or anything, and then obviously we try and do a little debrief, or I certainly try and do a little debrief after every event that we do as a team, and sort of say what things were good, what things were bad. Um, nine times out of ten, there isn't really a great deal of bad things. Not if it is anything that's bad, it's usually the comms have gone wrong or something like that, which is like nine times out of ten at any airsoft event that happens. Um, but you're not gonna. It just, it's just playing together, guys, really, and um, learning each other's weaknesses and strengths and, obviously, areas you're weaker in, you know, putting someone in there, in there that's stronger, you know, that's going to be no disrespect to the guy who's maybe not so good at sniping, but he's good at that. Um, I think roles within a team are very good, but then, obviously, at the same time, I don't really want to pigeonhole people, whereas I, want, I don't want guys a constant LMG gunner who wants to go out and do a bit of recon. You know, Mike, for example, is perfect. He's an LMG gunner. But he also does a wicked recon role. I mean, you couldn't put them to further. No one expects apart. the LMG, LMG recon. It's just, but it might does it really, really well, which is really handy if he gets bumped because they're not expecting a sniper to be laid up with an LMG in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked. But yeah, guys. I mean, um, I, I, personally, I don't think anyone could do really anything wrong in airsoft. Uh, I mean, Christ, you know, like I said, we're we're out to play a a sport that we enjoy playing i mean obviously there are serious elements to it but i certainly wouldn't be punishing yourselves for messing up i mean that's all part of learning i mean if no one made any mistakes it would be very very boring wouldn't it and i've just lost my link up for some reason can you still hear me yeah okay cool yeah cool. so i wouldn't get hung up on things you're doing wrong or things you might be doing wrong again it's all practice and um i'll just say if you if, you, if you've got good guys in the team that are solid you haven't got any uh people out there trying to make a name for themselves and you're all just up for a good crack you can quite easily laugh at yourselves if you mess up then um then, then yeah you're you're three quarters of the way there to having a really good team and long may it continue guys so yeah just keep it up keep up the good work of what you're doing uh we've got another probably got time for one more question uh so from reese burden uh, what's your opinion on airsofters wearing berets this one first um so we as the punishers sometimes wear berets um we don't wear it with any actual military insignia uh we wear it with badges and nothing yeah the, the badge that we actually you wear oh, um it's just the little punisher decal that you can buy that you can stick on your car you can get more like ebay for a couple of quid and uh, lance is just as big um now <sighs> The reason that we wear it for that is more just it's some of the Milsim games we go to are quite uh, based on realism. And the idea is to try and be as realistic as possible. So the idea of that is it's a more softly, softly approach because, you know, you're not always wandering around in ballistic um, helmets and all the like, you know, with all the, the MVG and stuff on it. So it's more just a softly, softly option. Uh, I don't know what you guys think. I mean, I know there's a whole thing about parachute regiment berets and parrot berets and, like for the same thing but you know 
trying to replicate and sort of almost claim that you're a soldier. And I know that it's a big point of contestation, which is why I'm sort of jumping in on that early. But. So, I mean, for me, if I'm standing there next to the cenotaph with a beret on, then clearly I deserve a good fucking hiding because, you know, it's not for me to wear. With regards to wearing them in airsoft, all I can say really is it's not for me. Um, but I would never judge anybody for doing it because I know that the, the things that people get out of airsoft are, are very different. So you get people that enjoy airsoft, but they enjoy it because it gives them the ability to dress up in real sort of historical type gear, um, you know, and really go to town on it, which they couldn't normally do walking down the street for that very same reason. So, um, you know, if you want to dress up as a, a a World War Two soldier, you know, or whatever it might be, or someone that's that's come out of, I mean, you know, the desert battles or whatever, it just, you know, what I mean, go for it. I'm not overly precious on it, and I think if anyone at an airsoft event does get precious over it like that, I think really it's almost a step back and look at. There's a lot bigger things in the world to to get upset about than someone wearing a beret. You know, um, Vanessa Parody cracked it for ages. Um, you know, she could wear a beret. No one really that fussed was I. Um, but personally, I'm a I'm a I'm a beanie or a boonie. Well, that's, that, they're my preferences. Beanie at if it's really cold. Boonie at if it isn't. But if you want to wear a berry, go for it, mate. If you want to wear a pirate's hat, dress up like a pirate, go for it, mate. If you know, if if it's not dictated that you've got to wear specific gear you wear what you want to wear life's too short is, is my view I need a lance I'm not sure if there he's talking or getting crumbs I'm here. no I'm here I'm here sorry I was just trying to sort out the camera bloody thing but yeah no completely agree with that it's, you know like Mike was saying we wear berets but we've got the Punisher skull on it I mean I can't see anything wrong. I've spoken to many guys that are currently serving soldiers and they've seen a couple of pictures of me and my berry on and that and they said, that all looks wicked, mate. They said, yeah, we've got no problems with that whatsoever. Um, I think people that get hung up on someone wearing a head covering, uh, which looks very similar to uh, someone in the military has got to, you know, take a long, loud look at themselves, really, to be fair. You know, if you're, if you're cutting about, like Paul said, at the Cenotaph wearing an SAS, you know, desert, ber desert beret, then, yeah, you've got a lot of questions to answer to. Um, but if you're at a, a military simulation event, uh, and you're all dressed up there in the current MTP issue kit or whatever it is you're wearing, trying to look the part, then I can't see anyone getting really too hung up on wearing a beret of some description. I mean, yeah, I think uh, it'd be like someone going down to the War and Peace show, walking around giving every other person a bollocking for dressing up like a soldier. That's, that's yeah. kind of what it's all about, you know. Um, it, yeah. if, if anything, you're, uh, you're 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 paying homage to the the guys on the ground that do this job, for, do that job for real. If exactly anything, that, you, uh, you know. And that's what I thought. They got a guy at, at, at APOC that time that he dressed up in the, you know, like the almost D.O. Alamein style, proper desert shorts. And you look at it and you think, you know what, there's a part that you, you want to dress up like that, but why do you want to dress up like it? Pretty Probably because, you you know, there's a this massive level of respect, you know? Absolutely. Um, and it, yeah, and, you know, and, you want to dress like that people... because you're remembering people. Definitely, mate. And like, like I say, like, even with fascination, I mean, I love the desert DPM stuff like that and things. And, and the reason for that would be it'd be going back to Gulf War One when I was in my, when I was a lot younger. And you've got the likes of um, of the Chris Ryan's and that. 
and the Bravo Two Zero and the films that come out, and then they're your heroes. And it's just like yep. you know, you can see a guy running, you know, well, not a guy, <laughs> a bit odd, running around dressed as Superman. <laughs> but as a kid, you dress up as your superheroes, didn't you? And to me, like yeah. the guys in the military, and that, I mean, they they are they are real, still genuine heroes. Do you know what I mean? Because yep. I don't think I could, I'd have the balls to do what they've they, they've done and oh, do well, at I... the moment. I'd, I'd really, I mean, I'd like to think that I could do it, but I just, yeah. I mean, Christ. I mean, I listened to a podcast the other night that Chris Ryan's actually doing now, and he interviewed a guy called uh, David Radband from the Parachute Regiment. And I suggest anyone go, um, uh, everyone to go and have a listen to that because it's a fantastic, uh, fantastic interview, and it's a big, big eye opener um, as to why these guys are heroes and do what they do. Um, but uh, yeah, but like you say, it's um, it's a tough one. But I, I mean, I can't see a problem with it at all. People wearing a beret to an event. I mean, as, as long as we're not brandishing yourself out in public, saying, "Oh, I was in two two, or I was in the parachute regiment, yeah. and I went to all these campaigns, and I've done all this, and I've won all these medals." We're not Walter being a right Walter Mitty about it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. If you're just there taking part in an event, and your specific role within that event is a special forces operator, or you're this, or you're that, and that sort of goes inside what you're wearing, I can't see. I can't see a problem with that, and I don't <laughs> think any serving soldiers or. Or, or ex-serving soldiers would have a problem with that if they knew the context of why you was wearing it. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So yep. that's my thoughts on it. Nice. Cool. Bob on, mate. Right. Bob on. We'll call that uh, a day. So uh, just to recap, uh, if anyone wants to reach us on Instagram, you can get up to us on November underscore Foxtrot underscore Nofo. Uh, November Foxtrot on YouTube and Facebook. Email is nofochat at hotmail.com. Feel free to drop us a shout. Um, if anybody wants to listen to us on podcasts, as far as I'm aware, and I think this list is correct, we're now on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Castbox, and Overcast, um, which wow. I haven't even heard of half of those, but we're on all, we're on them all now, um, <laughs> which is super exciting. Um, just a few little bits and pieces. So next week we're going to be talking about load carrying, uh, so sort of more the chest rigs, plate carriers, and all the like. So feel free to join us for that. Um, we're also on the 18th of December will be our Christmas episode because we're obviously not going to have one actually at Christmas because uh, some of us have better things to do. Um, <laughs> but on the 18th of December, we're going to be doing a gadgets, like a top 30, 40 gadgets uh, like review type thing. Um, so if anyone's got any idea for gadgets to submit, then please send it to one of those links on our social media and we can keep include it, it in the list. Keep it clean. Well, well yeah, well, keep it clean. Not, not too um, clean. <laughs> But yeah, ping us any weird and wonderful gadgets. We want to see all the, you know, the, the unique stuff of Airsoft, which makes it all a little bit different. Um, just give a quick shout out again to Mark Kettles. Um, I promised I would a couple of episodes ago and I didn't, but I have seen that he's given us a like uh, on the video on Facebook. Um, Good man. Yeah, that's, Love I Mark. think that's pretty much all for me. Guys, you got anything else to mention before we go? No, no all good. Happy days. Like said, Another any more questions uh, to come in, and um, you know, obviously, get in touch. We've got all our handles there on the screen. So, if you want to private message us directly, you can get in touch with the show. Make sure you like, subscribe, and tell all your pals about us. Because um, obviously, the more uh, more viewers and listeners that we get, in the, the eggs us on to do even more episodes and shows. And uh, and obviously, any ideas for show content that you guys uh, we haven't covered yet that you guys want us to cover, or anything you want us to skip back to, um, by all means, again, get in touch, and uh, we'll be sure to include it at some point if we can i'll wax some photographs for kit up on the on the, the facebook page as well so a little bit more detail behind some of our our bergens and other bags so people yeah. can have a little scoot I think, through I, I think we might have to do a part two to this guys if i'm honest because i think i think 
it'd be interesting. Oh to yeah, sorry, yeah, you want to talk uh, about loading to go stuff, into a, to go in depth as to how we sort of what we sort of pack as to when we're going out on patrol or what we pack in our main pack sort of thing and how we got sort of go about it and things like that. So I think maybe this might need a a part de, uh to the show to to, to sort of uh, to sew it all up sort of thing. Yeah, 27th. We'll aim for that. That might be our, our Bags and Bergens part two. Um, just cool. just so everyone knows, um, oh, hang on, where is it? There. These are actually all of our Instagram handles as well. So if uh, you know, if you want to see any sort of specific content from anybody, um, you know, I just check out. Right. The, Can someone yeah, with check out the Instagram handles? Because um, no, we're, sort of, we're all putting stuff up on there. Um, <laughs> oh, right. I haven't got a stupid hat. To, oh, I do have a stupid hat. To, Oh, God, I'll just post up the thing. Right, well, that's all from us. Um, I'm going to have to go for the old school. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll see you all soon. See you later. This is going to be the, the screenshot for the video, you know that. Hang on, let me straighten <laughs> up my balaclava first. <laughs> <laughs> and see you later. Bye. Ah.